Hello again, everybody. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. I am your host, Felipe, and over there is with me, Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this morning? I am good. A uh, little Zoom lady that lets us know we're recording just like paused out on me, so I wasn't sure if it was starting or not, and I was like, oh, do I need to click it again? But here we are. We're up and running. Uh, we're back. It, it feels like it's been a while since we've talked. A lot has happened. The the guys that we're going to talk about today, some you know some prospect stuff, and we we had this list ready a couple of weeks ago, um, and now we're a little behind the eight ball. But we're going to catch up, talk about these guys. They are still considered prospects. They are they have not even a couple of them have been promoted. They will not fulfill their rookie eligibility and will continue to be prospects this offseason until they exhaust that rookie eligibility next year. Yeah, and the most important part for us is that we put them on the board. We, it's already on the spreadsheet tracker, and um, they are officially uh, one of our guys, so to speak, um, for the, um, uh, I guess, for the whole exercise that we're trying to do and trying to gauge or track, hence why it's called the, the minor league player tracker, uh, the spreadsheet that we're using today is because we're, yeah, literally we're trying to keep track of these players and how they're doing and how they progress. I mean, I'll give you an example of some guys from the first time we did it, the first few times that we uh, uh, started keeping track of some of these players. Uh, Josh Lowe, for example, is someone that will always be tied to the show because he was a a, a prospect that we uh, that we talked about mm-hmm. during the offseason, the 2021 offseason. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the episode that we brought in your guy, um, Trevor. Trevor mm-hmm. Huth, Huth, was it? H-O-O-T-H. Yeah, 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 Trevor, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Josh Lowe was a very promising uh, prospect outside the top 50 fan graphs at 100. And uh, he's had a pretty disastrous start to his career, but we'll still be uh, always keeping an eye on him because, number one, he's one of the Lowe brothers. Mm-hmm. If, if Nathaniel can do it, then damn it, Josh Lowe can do it too. And uh, before the show was starting, uh, we were talking about your guy, Carlos Cortez of the Mets. Uh, already 25 years old uh, uh still in double a it's yeah. it's um it's unfortunate yeah so they're not always going to be uh home runs or big hits or whatever but it's still pretty cool to keep track uh, of uh, these players i think the big name on that uh the hitting prospect list for the 2021 offseason was jonathan india who i get credit for because it's <laughs> under my name but uh, so that was pretty cool to see i think he was one of those post-hype sleepers because he was uh, highly rated, then all the injuries caught up to him, and uh, and then last year he won Rookie of the Year, and uh, this year when he's healthy, when he's been healthy, I'm telling you, he's been very productive and very exciting to watch. But that hamstring of it just has ruined um, uh, his 2022 season. So anyway, we'll we'll try to do some uh, where are they now uh, situations with some of our the old names, some of the alums, so to speak, of uh, this tracker. But we bring it back to the present, and we begin. With Mark Vientos, Sean's guy out of AAA. He's 22 years old as of the tracker list. What's up? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not call him my guy. I Just because I picked him because I want to talk about him doesn't mean he's my guy. Oh, come on, please. Well, no, I mean, no, you, seriously, because, seriously. Well, because you did pick him. Uh, that's number one. But number two, he's a Mets player. And I know, I know, I know. You're, you, you can't help yourself. But uh, literally, it's yeah, it's under your name. So, yeah. Sean, it's, Sean under, it, it's, it's under my name. Sean okay. wanted to talk about him. We we can pick a guy and he not be our guy. But no, Vientos having one of the best uh, seasons down in AAA, despite only being 22. Um, Mets fans clamoring, clamoring for him to be called up to the point of annoyance. 
Well, they've called him up. He's had 15 plate appearances and has struck out in 46% of them. Something that anybody could have told you when you looked at his slash line in AAA, where he was basically struggling immensely versus righty, striking out 30% plus of the time and against lefties was crushing them, but still striking out around 30% of the time. Huge power. Uh, going back to his days and even 2019 when he finished off the year in A ball where he had 12 home runs but was posting some of the highest exit velos in the entire system aside from Pete Alonso. So the power is legit, has to work on the swing and miss. This was a guy um, really that I just wanted to pick so I could rant that Mets fans always, they're like, oh, Vogelbach and Ruff are struggling. The way they need to call it Vientos, he's going to be a spark plug, he's going to ignite the lineup. <laughs> Like he's striking out 30% of the time in triple a he's 22. Like, what are you expecting here? That is major red flags. And I see what you're doing here now, but still, uh, I mean, he is a highly rated prospect. uh, Oh, he is. I'm telling you when he makes contact, it is like thunderous, but that, that hits all. And everyone's like, Oh, the, the Mets traded JD Davis. So uh, they should have called him Mark Vientos right then. And it's like one Vientos is a worse defender than JD. He has a low, lower hit tool than JD. And it's just, have you ever noticed that with some prospects and some, you know, fan bases, it's like the grass is always greener with the prospect that they, yeah. they don't know. And uh, we, have a, we have a few Cubs fans thinking that it's that uh, whatever Theo Epstein and company went through to get to 2016 is exactly what's happening right now with the Cubs. And I'm telling you, it's not what's uh, happening with the Cubs at all. I saw some tweet on Twitter, on the Twitter sphere, from a Cubs fan, because I was looking up this Jared Young guy that got called up uh, after Schwindel got DFA'd, and somebody said the jump from Schwindel and Rivas to Jared Young and Matt Mervis, who was a name that I had heard of in the Cubs system before, he's doing pretty good. They said that was the biggest jump in one year. But I'm like, Mervis is still in the minors. And I looked up Jared Young's numbers in AAA, and he was 10% below league average. And there were so many Cubs fans on Twitter that were like, we've been starting Schwindel over this guy. And I'm like, the guy was batting 206 in AAA at 27 years old. Like, <laughs> like what in the world are we doing here? And then just the whole idea that the Cubs are actually, oh, man, we're, 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 this is year one of the rebuild. What rebuild? The, the average age of the of the of the lineup that was there against Jacob Degrom last week or this past week was 28 years old. So I don't understand what rebuild we're talking about here. Well, that was the thing with the the Jared Young guy was I was like expecting because they're like, oh, he gets his first major league hit, and I'm like, oh, okay, they finally called up a young first baseman. I go and I look, and he's 27. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of these guys are old. I mean, Nico Horner's already 25. Uh, Ian Happ is 28. Finally hitting that potential as a first round pick. And he might be, a, uh, he might not be back uh, with the team. Same thing with Wilson Contreras. People are excited about Patrick wisdom. He's already 31 years old. Uh, Jan Gomes was a starting catcher. Oh, but the rebuild, right? Sean, the rebuilds here. The rebuilds here. <laughs> our, our young team looks promising for next season. They're not young. And we're not having, we haven't gotten to the starting pitching, which, which is led by Marcus Stroman, who's 31 years old. Uh, we have Wade Miley, who's 35. Adrian Sampson is 30 years, 31 years old, actually. And Drew Smiley is 33 years old. Six-man rotation there, Sean. Four of those guys are over 30. What do you See, think is going to happen? Th- that's my biggest issue with the Cubs rebuild right now is they have some interesting um, position player names, but the uh, the pitching side, I, I don't see anything of – I mean, Braylon Marquez, what the hell happened to him? Like, he's been just MIA. He got dropped in a 30-team league I was in, and I'm like, okay, that's – 
Braylon Marquez, the big old lefty. Oh, I remember him. Yeah, he's one of our alums. Yeah, that was my guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like MIA. But yeah. I added him because somebody dropped him, and I was like, that was a pretty big name, and he's just been sitting on my roster, and I'm like, okay, when's he going to pitch again? So uh, according to Fangrass, the top 22 22- 2022 top prospects for the Cubs. Uh, the only one who might be ready to go because he's in AAA is Brennan, Brennan Davis, and he can't stay healthy. He has back issues. Yeah. I mean, you're having back issues already at, at such a young age. That's not that's a red flag. Everybody else, Pete Crow Armstrong is an A ball, according to this uh, thing that I'm looking for here at Fangraphs. Kevin Uncalter, one of the teenagers, I think, from the Padres trade with you, Darvish, if I remember correctly, single A. Christian Hernandez, complex. Owen Cat, Owen Casey, high A. James Triantos, single A. Cade Horton, he's nowhere to be found. Caleb Killian is struggling in triple A. And Jordan Wicks is in double A. And with an ETA of 2024, not next year, 2023, 2024. So we have Cuff fans thinking that, well, linear progress right so this team is sweeping the mets so therefore next year they're gonna they're gonna be do more damage watch out the future is so bright no the future is still two or three years away <laughs> so so I'm, I'm seeing this now that braylon marquez underwent shoulder surgery july 25th of 2022 my wife's birthday happy birthday, happy birthday. um and braylon marquez shoulder surgery day but um the last time he pitched a game in the minor leagues was September 1st of 2019. And then he had the one game appearance in the 2020 season right at the end. That was the last time he's thrown in a professional game. And we never saw him again. So <laughs> yeah, slow your roll, Cuff fans. Slow your roll. It's let's uh this is the long game. This is the long game that we're playing here. This is not this is gonna be long painful sufferable you think the pirates are bad well the no one can compare as bad as the pirates i'll tell you that much but i mean the reds also have some interesting names uh uh up and running in their farm system as well which you know you talked about them graham ashcraft's one of those guys nick lodolo finally looking like he's playing up to potential hunter green on the, and that's just the pitching oh, side alone. oh my did you see his game last night no but i um uh, uh, I was watching quick pitch at the very end of the Reds highlight. I think he did something historic last night with strikeouts. Yeah, once it, well, well, less so strikeouts. He did have 11 strikeouts, but he broke his own record for most pitches that were, I think, 100 plus oh, or 101 snap. plus in his first game off the IL. Wow. I had one spot where I left him on the bench. I think he's still on the IL because I didn't make a move. I didn't know he was going to start. Um, in the baseball life league, but there was another league where I could have started him. And I was like, he's going up against the Cardinals. He hasn't pitched in three months or two months, whatever it is. Like, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be that good. And then he goes out and he goes six scoreless, 11 strikeouts against the Cardinals. And I was like, <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah. And no, don't forget that the Reds made a bunch of trades too. I mean, they already had Ellie De La Cruz, but we still are waiting for Noel V. Marte. Yeah. was a top 10 prospect in, in uh, A-ball at one point. They've already called up Spencer Steer from the Tyler Molly trade. Um, yeah. Christian and Carnacion Strand is doing really good in their, their minor league system. Also came over in that trade as well. And there was two other shortstops, right, that we talked about when they made the trade for Noel V. Martin, Marte. Uh, I forgot the other two names, though. Uh, oh, uh, Arroyo. Uh, I can't remember the first name. It was Arroyo something. Oh, okay, so that's one, and then there's somebody else, and I can't remember. But yeah, we're like, where are you going to put all these shortstops wherever they want? <laughs> this is again, this is what the Cubs went through before they got to 2016. So let's finish. Uh, let's go back to Vientos. Uh, I see Austin, uh, who just did the Total Base Express show on Thursday. He was uh, once again doing his umpire show, so we'll be sure to check that out. Um, 
what, what do you call it? Yeah, this is the, I believe this is the second episode that Aston has done where he's looking at umpi- umpire grades and to see, uh, it, it, and once again, he brings up the, uh, the, converse, the conversation about robot umpires and see if they could be helpful. He's also wondering about Kevin Stone. Ah, well, just wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. We'll, we'll get there. Slow the roll. <laughs> Slow your roll, man. Let's finish up with Mark Vientos. He, right? Uh, well, he was at Triple A when when we uh, when we did the spreadsheet. But yeah, third base prospect. Sean already mentioned that he's a terrible fielder. Yeah, four. I mean it, it's like bad. And it was funny because he was drafted as a shortstop. That they were like, he's probably just going to go to third base and be good there because he'd be a bad shortstop. No, and it's just it's gotten worse. It's a borderline. I mean, it is unplayable at um hey, you defensively. Know what? It, could, it could be the next uh, Ryan. Braun or, or not, or Nick Castellanos. Well, they, they, tr- they tried him in the outfield last year and a little yeah. bit of this year. Oh, that worked And out. it lasted a week. Oh, God. Well, he can't even do that. And, and then they, that was, they let Bra- uh, Brady, Beatty play more outfield. And then they left Vientos at like third base and DH. So, yeah, uh, work in progress. Uh, I don't know what you can do to improve your fielding, but yeah, 6'4. So he's a big, uh, Big guy, uh, only weighs 185 pounds, though, so he has some work to do that, there. That, right. that, that's an old weight. That's an old weight. Uh, well, Fangrass needs to get better at this. So, so what's he at now? The, the, they they definitely need to. I think every place that does weights and heights is uh, leaves much to be determined. Yeah. I think they just do it from, like, the earliest onset of the Like, when, the, when they get signed or something. Like, that's, that's what oh, I feel. No, I, I, I feel like it doesn't change, like, for years. Oh, really? I was hoping that it would just be, like, you know, every spring training or before spring training comes in that they that they do it for each uh, minor league camp or whatever, but I guess not. Uh, right-handed hitter, uh, he was at the time of the uh, spreadsheet post. Uh, he was the eighth best prospect for the Mets with the uh, 2022 ETA, which is this year. Yeah, but the, like like Sean mentioned already, terrible hit tool. The power is where it's at, but not doesn't offer much of anything else. Future value of 45. But the, the power is for real. He's improving his walk rate, and but unfortunately, he's also uh, increasing the ground ball. Uh, is that just trying to improve the hit tool there, Sean? The, the, the like, likely, yeah, I, I, I would definitely say that. All right, and uh, well, I guess we get another Sean guy here, Estuary Ruiz. That's the big name, one of the big names prospects from the Padres trade that sent Josh Hader to San Diego. Uh, Reese is 23 years old, triple A outfielder, six foot, 169 pounder. Is that an old way too? Sounds right. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he, he, he's a tiny guy. Vientos, not Vientos is not a tiny guy. <laughs> yeah. So we got, we got both sides of the spectrum here in terms of height and weight. Uh, right-handed hitter, 17th best prospect for the Brewers at the moment. Uh, hit tool is lowly graded, not much of power. The speed is where it's at. Uh, and has shown the ability to force walks, has improved his strikeout rate. Uh, speed demon is what I call him here. And he, but can he hit with some consistent pop there, Sean? Yeah, that's the the interesting thing. You know, he kind of we talked about him earlier this year when he was just like on an outstanding stolen base pace. I think he was at sixty stolen bases in like seventy games, something silly. Um, but he was one of the main, like you said, headline pieces that went back in the hater trade. Um, and I was really. I thought this was going to be a good trade for Ruiz, at least for fantasy managers as we try and analyze how legit this breakout was because he was in San Diego's double A AA and triple A, two notoriously hitter friendly areas, um, both in El Paso and I'm trying to remember their double A team. 
but uh, there was a lot of power there. And I know you look at him and you look at like the profile and you're like, I don't think that power is legit. Um, but how much is that influencing the hit tool? Um, well, since being traded to Milwaukee, um, he, I thought he was initially just going to step right into the lineup, uh, but they let him go down to the minors, get kind of situated first. Uh, and he hasn't skipped a beat, uh, batting 360, 430 on base, 500 slug, um, 9% walk rate, 17% strikeout rate, um, 54% better than league average, 154 WRC plus. Um, and that comes with uh, 18 stolen bases in 29 games. Uh Three home runs, seven doubles. So definitely the power drops off a little bit, which we expect leaving the PCL. But to see that the hit tool still kind of works is uh, very encouraging. And I think he's a guy that next year could fit in at the top of that lineup because the Brewers have used basically Christian Yelich as their leadoff hitter all year. But I would think they'd like to move him down like two or three, uh, give him a little bit more chance to hit with runners on. And I think Eshuary Ruiz is a guy that gets on and really causes some panicking amongst uh, pitchers and catchers. Because right now on the year, 78 stolen bases and 106 games. I mean, that that's blazing speed there. And it, it's not coming with like some trash hit tool. Like this is a good hit tool. Uh, he's made changes. He's improved. So what would you rate the hit tool? Because Fangrass has it at 30 out of 35 right now. Well, that was also before the 2022 season. Uh, mm-hmm. He had definitely made some changes. I'd say it's definitely closer to 50, maybe with a, a potential 55 or maybe a, a, a current 45 potential of 55. Um, but I definitely like- think he can uh, do something at the major league level. And it looks like he had already been called up for a yeah, week, and then got yeah, sent back down. Yeah, he got called up for a little bit with both San Diego and Milwaukee, uh, but it was just kind of more of a "Hey, we need an outfielder, like get him here right now." So, yeah, who would he re- who went who did he replace in Milwaukee? I'm trying to figure out because uh, they were probably. I know Tyrone Taylor was banged up for a little bit. Oh, okay, um, might have been him then. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there you go. Uh, he had already a cup of coffee. I'm just kind of having a cup of coffee. Uh, but here's a guy, Corbin Carroll, who's actually stayed for a little bit, huh? Is he still on the team? Last I checked, he was yeah, still on yeah, the he, yeah, he he is still there, and I think they've the the Diamondbacks have decided that you know Corbin Carroll is the diamond of that outfield prospect list. Um, you know, they also have Alec Thomas, but Alec Thomas has actually been the one to lose playing time. Yeah, because right now that uh, Arizona outfield is getting crowded. You got Alec Thomas, you got Corbin Carroll, Dalton Varsho, um, but Stone and then Garrett. yeah, Stone Garrett has hit really well. Uh, so Alec Thomas has been the guy that's kind of gotten nudged out, but um, I'm sure that's not going to last forever. Alec Thomas is very good. Um, he's not he's no Corbin Carroll, but he's very good. So yeah. Uh, yeah. are you encouraged by Corbin Carroll's start this year? Well, I I am kind of just letting it. Um simmer a little bit before i make any judgments but he's off to a really great start uh, yeah <laughs> really great start but we'll see how the league uh um is able to balance that out he has a lefty you know how i feel about my left-handed hitters <laughs> oh you but, know i love him <laughs> yeah if i just they get neutralized easily but that's the number three prospect in all of fan graphs right now uh yep yes he is uh but yeah that's a hell of an outfield that's the outfield that the diamondbacks had envisioned for a while austin wants to know about another diamondback player by the name of Jordan Lawler, I, I think it's because uh, he that, that was the yeah, top. Yeah, he, he me and him talked about him acquiring Jordan Lawler. I'm the low low guy on Lawler, but yeah, that's there's just me. 
But we'll get to him in a little bit. Let's talk about Corbin Carroll first. Uh, 21-year-old, AAA outfielder, already at the big leagues, 5'10", 165-pounder. Um, so that might be old, that might be new, but still another little guy, left-handed hitter. The number one prospect for the Diamondbacks, number three overall on the Fangraphs 100 and whatever number they go up to now. Incredible hit tool. Uh, still a work in progress, though. It can go as high as 70. Power is uh, respectable. Uh, but the speed is where it's at. If he can get, man, if he could be one of those guys that can get you like 20, 25, 25, like stolen bases and home runs, uh, that would be so valuable for the games yep. that we play in fantasy. Future value of 60, um, one of the higher ranked future value guys on the list. And what I wrote about him is that there's a, he has an advanced plate discipline, hell of a power steel combo, uh, a little bit too many ground balls for my taste there uh, for Corbin but, Carroll. But, but with the speed, you kind of, you would take that rather than some swing and miss because oh, yeah, yeah. he, he kind of, I think he's actually the fastest guy in baseball right now, according mm-hmm. to Statcast's uh sprint speed. Yeah. hundredth percentile. I want to say I saw him at the top of the list. <clears throat> yeah. So I still you don't would run like away. to see you more, pop, more power, more, but it's better than nothing. I no, mean, the, for sure. For sure. Yeah. The, the yeah. 27% line drive rate, uh, like you'll take. Uh, I always thought he was, he's definitely more hit over power. Same thing with Alec Thomas. Um, but Hey, you know, you know what we say about the hit over power guys, it's easier to develop power than it is to develop a hit tool. Yeah. But can you be consistent with that power? That's the name of the game. And if, yeah. I mean, we've seen it in turn, especially for fantasy and for <laughs> real life baseball, it might be more beneficial to have a better hit tool than power tool. That's fine. I mean, you can have a bunch of Miles Straws on your team and and, and, and get to seventy five uh, wins every don't, season. Don't, don't remind me. Don't remind me. I still, I he's still, the, I still love Miles Straw. Sorry, he's also, the first yeah. name that popped in my head. So, so Corbin Carroll is the fastest guy in baseball right now with a thirty point eight average sprint speed. That is um, almost half a foot per second higher than the next three guys, which is Bobby Witt, Jose Siri, Trey Turner, and Tim LaCastro, and Jorge Mateo and Winton Bernard, who we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the show. Now, here's the problem with that I see with uh, Carroll and why he is supposed to be a more of a power threat than just a a, a, tool, a hit tool guy. I mean, he already has a plate discipline of a, of a slugger to begin with. Yeah. He's very patient. So, I mean, my natural inkling is, well, is he being very patient because he wants to drive the wall, the ball to the walls and maybe into the stands, or is he just trying to be patient? Like, Oh, I don't know. First thing that comes to my mind is Ben Zobris for some reason, but guys like that. So there, there's a crossroad there. And, and if he wants to be a 25, 25 guy, then yeah, he needs to sacrifice a little bit more to get to those 25 home runs. If he wants to be a guy who's only going to hit 10 home runs and, and steal 30 bases, that's respectable too, but it does kind of, uh, limit the fantasy upside great for real baseball i'm not going to deny that that's great for real baseball future leadoff hitter perhaps but um exciting player that he is but i'm you know i'm i think even the diamondbacks would like to see the 25 25 over the 10 home run 30 guy um that corbin carroll can be but uh, yeah he already is behind the eight ball because of the of the small stature but uh, it'd be great. I'm just saying it'd be great if he could turn into, oh, I don't know, Mookie Betts or something, you know? I, you see, I'm getting more of the, uh, like Mullins. Mookie Betts. Yeah, Mookie Betts is a good one. Uh, Cedric Mullins, I I just don't think is a good hitter. <laughs> I, I, I think Cedric Mullins had that great year. Yeah, and everyone yeah. was like, oh, yeah, Cedric Mullins. And I'm like, well, that's what I mean, Sean. That's what I mean. Oh, this year, down. Cedric Mullins hit 
uh, 10 home runs and got over 30 stolen bases, which is a yeah. far cry from what we were expecting. It was still respectable. Yeah, but yeah, it that's, also... it's a very like impressive, but it wasn't what he did last year. And anybody and, expecting and, what he did last year was and it silly. Came, and it came with a bad batting average compared to last year and an even uh, worse on base percentage compared to last year. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. Not that Carroll's going to be that, but you know, we would like for him to be that superstar player as opposed to just another outfielder who could hit for some pop and, and steal lots of bases. So, so what I'm getting from Corbin Carroll is basically the the young Christian Yelich, but maybe he's already developed, a, learned how to tap into more of that pull side power. If you look at his batted ball splits, because mm-hmm. uh, you definitely see you see the high walk rates in the minors. You see that he has pulled the ball, but it's not he's not like a, a pull. The only way he can hit the ball is to pull it. I think he's just that good at the plate that he knows he swings at the balls. He knows he can hit, you know, the best. And um, yeah, so I'm getting like kind of like a Christian Yelich thing here. But yeah. like your 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 uh, Mookie Betts, I, I could take lefty Mookie Betts, but I think that is. Uh, I don't uh, want to label anybody Mookie Betts when no, they it, have it's, it's, 50, it's, 50 plate appearances. That's just not fair to them. <laughs> no, it's not. But I'm, I'm just trying to see I mean, what do we have here? Do we have like a high upset player? Do we have like you know, just another outfielder who can hit for some home runs and steal lots of bases, which is again, it's respectable. But I mean, we want to see Kenny be uh, among the superstar among stars. That's what we're trying yeah. to see at this point because he's that good. He's that good. But we just want to figure out what the real upside is. Uh, and the only problem I have with Christian Yelich is because I like to try to be as uh, uh, as true to the frame of a player. Yelich was 6'3". Yeah. It's 6'3", 6'4", around there. And then, uh, like I said, Corbin Carroll doesn't even get over six feet. He's like 5'10 at this point. All right, let's quickly move over to Jordan Lawler because of Austin's request. Uh, we take requests here at the Total <laughs> Basis Podcast. We play That's the, the best part. That's the best part of it being live. <laughs> and I see Jacob is also on board. Jacob, uh, long, uh, quickly becoming one of my fantasy rivals here. <laughs> Uh, how quickly how uh, fast that had turned up to be all right so the uh, lawler 20 years old the right-handed hitter 6'2 190 uh decent hit tool but still work in progress can go as high as 55 through currently at 30 according to fangraphs power is a work in progress the speed is where it's at fielding is also a work in progress so uh, raw player I mean, you got yeah, the raw I mean, tools I mean, player here. number six overall pick in the 21 draft um one of these guys that arizona needs to hit on these picks uh, if they're going to kind of just accelerate and pr- not prolong, but basically not have to go into a rebuild in four or five years when the guys like Alec Thomas and Gordon Carroll are starting to cost a lot of money. Yeah. Um, like the, the Lawlers, the Drew Joneses, they they need these guys to not like literally hit, but they need to hit on these guys. Um, yeah. Lawler is a guy who is used in a trade, I believe, for Rafael Devers in the 30-team league that I'm in. And that's oh, okay. how I always kind of judge it. Granted, it's such an extreme version of fantasy. But I thought if you're going to trade for Rafael Devers, uh, you should have to give up more than like Jordan Lawler isn't the centerpiece. Uh, he's had, had a good year in the minors. But when I see, you know, I already shy away from righty bats. Uh, but when I see 23, 25, like in terms of like the high school, the prototypical oh, right, right-handed high school hitters, like yeah. they're, they're just a dime a dozen. But you see 23% strikeout rate in A ball, 25% in the high A. And he's had success, you know, 166, 140 WRC plus, obviously doing well. But the power was kind of sketchy, like you yeah. said. It's a work um, in progress, yeah. And 
I, I don't think he's a stolen base guy like going forward. I, I think that's just one of the he's a young guy. He I mean, he does draw some comps to Bobby Witt. Um, but you also have to think this year with all the rule changes regarding stolen bases. That's why you've seen so many of these crazy stolen base numbers this so far this year. You've had some levels with the larger bases, some with um you can't throw over more than twice or it's an automatic ball. Um but yeah, Jordan Jordan Lawler solid guy but now finally in double a and we just keep seeing that strikeout rate kind of go up with each level and anytime i see that and like the the walk rate's nice but you, you look at his success in the previous levels 437 382 babip that has to normalize at some point and right now he's 19 in double a that's that's very tough i gotta be you gotta yeah, give him credit was, for that i was but, about to mention that too but you know like I, like I said, that's why I always am skeptical of these types of players because I was low on Bobby Witt Jr. too. I mean, so yeah, I'm, I'm the opposite. I was, I mean, you you saw me draft them uh, very early in our in our uh, uh, baseball life league, the 12 team league, but it's a keeper league, and the minor league uh, players can be kept forever during the next three or four years. But uh, that's what got me excited. Now that he's up, I'm kind of regretting it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I have to start him because I have no one else, yeah. but still, I wish he could do a little bit better. It, yeah, it's and- funny. I know this isn't a show about wit, but like when you look at his numbers this year, like the fact that he's been on the field basically all year, 20 home runs, 27 stolen bases, but he's been exactly a league average hitter yeah. and he's, he's put up a two or so it's like a rookie season can really go far worse than that. Oh yeah, for sure. I just um, it, it 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 does. I do see that it, it costs my team sometimes more than it yeah. benefits. Uh, even with the 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 total the the raw numbers being produced, the counting stats is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about Bobby Witt is a lot of remember when people were talking. Oh well, he needs to go back down to uh, the minors. He needs to go back down to the minors. The Royals were like, no, no, I don't think so. We're gonna we're gonna see if he can figure this out on his own. But getting back to Jordan Walker. Uh, yeah, that was the thing I was going to mention. Let's give him a little bit of time. He's only 19 years old. I get I get your concerns, but he's only 20. Actually, he's 20 now. He must have. When did he turn 20? Oh, in July. But this is his age 19 season in the minors. Let's say, especially in double A, it's a hell of a thing to expect from a teenager, uh, even a 20 year old. So we'll see how he uh, is able to bounce back. I think the speed is real. I think it could translate to stolen bases. Uh, but uh, already I, we, we're looking at the Diamondbacks having a certain type of uh, uh attraction to a certain player with the plate discipline numbers because these the walks and strikeouts kind of look similar to what we saw from Corbin Carroll as well. So next up, G1 Bay. That's another one of my guys here. So Corbin Carroll's my guy on the list. So it's G1 Bay from the Pirates. Triple A middle infielder, lefty 6'1, 185 pounder, the number 10 ranked uh prospect for the Pirates. Uh he was supposed to be called up sometime this season. I don't think he has been at all, right? Has a G1 Bay been called up this season? Do you know, Sean, off the top of your head? You're on. I, I, I do not know. Okay, that's fine. Uh, hit tool, uh, way up there. Uh, 50 out of 70 at the moment, so still a work in progress, but it's it's high-end potential there. The power is lacking. The speed is uh, somehow going backwards. He was at 65, but now it looks like the upside's got 60. Uh and then uh, the fielding is still a work in progress. Future value of 45, having a decent year in the minors. So uh, what I wrote about him is that speed is a big part of his game. Wonderful plate discipline would like, but I would like to see a little bit more pop. Uh, you have any other uh, things to say about G1 Bay there, Sean? 
No, I mean, not really. Not a guy that I've paid attention to too much this year. Um, but like you said, that profile, it, it almost seems like a very, um, a, what you'd call a slappy profile, yeah. which no, normally I like, but uh, well, I don't what know. Do you, why don't you it, like about this guy? It, it's kind of like the the Hoy Park. I mean, they, they, they have a guy that's just like that. Uh, lefty, solid plate discipline, a little bit of speed, and it just hasn't worked out at all for Hoy Park, who you know came over in the Yankees trade for Clay Holmes. Well, but, not, um, all play, not all not all players are uh, are the same there, Sean. I mean, no, a little, I know, but no, no, but if you look at the the profile, I mean, I, I'd say Hoy Park was even better than Juwan Bay. Granted, I do have to say this: that if Anthony uh, Imperial is listening right now, this would automatically become his favorite prospect because his last name is Bay. Oh, oh, for <laughs> sure, yeah, absolutely. A- uh, Anthony started in naming Ender in Ciarte, Ender in Ciar Bay. Oh God! And then that, and that was a thing that we actually uh, at the Mets game where we all met up at. And Ciarte was on the Mets roster; he was active for that game, and we were able to convince Alyssa that Inciarte's last name was actually NCR Bay. And it, it, we had it going for several innings. And then he came up to the plate and they announced his name. And we we're like, did you hear it? He said NCR Bay. And then she looked at the scoreboard and was like, it's not NCR Bay. <laughs> <laughs> well, things to like about Bay was his last name for one. But number two, he's actually, uh, Excuse me, he's actually dropped down the strikeout rate from 22.7 last year at AA to 17.4 in AAA. So that's a step in the right direction. The power will be lacking. Um, I don't see any chance that it will improve at already at 22 years old, but actually 23 now. He just turned 23, but this is his age 22 season. But still, I would per, I kind of like what I've seen so far as, as just what he is, just the slappy. High average hitter with who steals lots of bases. I mean, if you're gonna be that kind of guy, I, I, I at least want to see a lot of stolen bases with some uh, decent on base percentages. And that's the difference there, Sean. Is that I always bash these guys, but if I can get someone who can show me that they can steal lots of bases and get on base a lot, that could be um, a difference maker in fantasy teams and hopefully for the Pirates. As uh, it's not working, man. Whatever rebuild that they're going through right now is just not working. And, and no. that's why I keep telling Cubs fans, like, yeah, for every – you think it's going to be like the 2016 uh, road trip to the Cubs, but it could just be as bad as the Pirates have been for the last, oh, I don't know, forever in a day at this point. <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they, I mean, and they have some decent guys uh, uh, coming up, but we every time they get called up, they disappear. They – they poof. The, the pumpkin that the, turns back into a pumpkin. I mean, the, the what what is it? The Cinderella. What was it? The, yeah. uh, the, the carrots turns into a pumpkin. As well. Yeah. Uh, too early for this. But anyway, I can talk about the Pirates all day long. But let's switch over to the AAA pitchers that we picked. And that your guy was Ken Waldachuk, um from the Oakland Athletics. He just got called up recently. Yep. But uh, at the time of this uh, writing, he was 24 years old. AAA, 6'4", 220 lefty. Uh, he's the number one prospect for the A's, 35th overall for the Fangraphs, top 190, 125 at this point, I guess. I guess. ETF 2023, but Oakland was like, no, nah, we need you now, bud. We need you now. We need to see what you got. Fastball is amazing. Slider is decent. Curveballs are work, uh, is okay. Changeup. Now that's where it's where uh, Waldachuk might uh, be able to uh, differentiate himself from other pitching prospects is that his changeup is pretty darn good as far as fan grading goes. 50 future value. 
uh, was having a, a FIP in the minors over four, but that's fine for the A's. Uh, so, uh, let me finish up and say that, that he can rack up the strikeouts is the notes that I put down here. Rack up the strikeouts, struggled a bit with control, but has improved with the A's. Uh, what else do you have for me with Waldachuk? Yeah, so Waldachuk was a guy that um, I, I read from somebody who has access to proprietary like minor league numbers uh, who had put out a tweet that Waldachuk actually had like one of the lowest uh, hard hit rates of any pitcher in the minor leagues this year. Left six four lefty gets great extension. Uh, I'm kind of happy because I hadn't heard about that. But um, with baseball savant, the fact that he's made a couple of starts now, three exactly, um, he actually ranks in like the like one of he gets the most extension on his uh, pitches, which you know obviously uh, makes the fastball play up. Everything else harder to pick up out of the hand. You have less time to react. Um, plus slider, plus changeup, like you said. Uh, lefty averaging 94.3 miles an hour on the forcing fastball. I'll take that, especially when you uh, add in that long frame and the good extension he's getting on it. Um, like you said, could probably help out with a little bit of command, just, uh, just a little bit, but he's actually been unlucky this year. You see the ERA sitting at five. Um, the Woba against him is 376, but expected Woba is 316. So he, he's gotten a little unlucky on the mound. Um, like you said, probably called up a little bit sooner than, he would have if he was on a competing team like the Yankees. Yeah. But with Oakland, I, I definitely think that this is a guy that fits. I, I love the the trade deadline for Oakland this year. The guys they got back, uh, Waldachuk, Sears, I think a lot of these guys make sense in Oakland. And uh, just excited to see what he can do. All right. Uh, I mean, are you... Is there any way to foresee if, if it's possible for him to improve his walk rate? Do you, do you know if there's like some signs that there's some improvement on the way? Um, how we, I mean, is there a names in the, uh, uh, from yesteryears that you could think of, especially from a left-handed uh, pitcher who have struggled with walks in the minors and have somehow found a way to improve it in the majors? I mean, I, I kind of, if I know, I, I look at his minor league numbers, but according to like his velo and movement, some of the names that pop up, JP, Se- uh, JP Sears and Trevor Rogers. Trevor mm-hmm. Rogers, I kind of get Trevor Rogers vibes from uh, Waldachuk. Obviously, Rogers has not had a very good year, um, but the the raw talent is still there. Right. So right. I, I I think Waldachuk has that potential to. I mean, like I said, I thought the Yankees overpaid when they traded really for all the pitchers they got this year. Uh, I thought Waldachuk was Nesky. They needed those guys as depth going forward. Um, and was Nesky's off to a solid start as well. But yeah, yeah Waldachuk definitely. I like the upside. I'm not too worried about the, the command right now. Um, I think he has the ability to just influence weak contact and that at the more he pitches at the major league level, he's going to get used to just kind of, you know, especially in that ballpark. It's an easy ballpark to build confidence. You know that you can throw it over the plate and you got a lot of, a lot of space out there with a lot of gloves that you can get outs with. Uh, And and Oakland's built that team with defense in mind. I mean, you look at McGallan at shortstop, Pasha and center like that. That is a team built for defense. Yeah, we'll see if it actually works. If they can get that 1970s mentality. Hey, well, you know, 1970s. That's when they had a real. Uh, 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 their, their golden era was in the 70s with yeah. these swinging A's. So, and uh, that's a that's pretty much a team that was built on pitching and defense. Except that they also had Reggie Jackson, uh, <laughs> and. Uh, Catfish Hunter and Raleigh Fingers. I mean, those that's the pitching side of things, but still, Reggie Jackson was at the middle of it. Well, you, know, you, you brought up something, all right. So, 
control versus command hear me out now this is what how i was taught like years and years and years ago and that's has, has been my thing for the uh, almost two decades now trying to figure out the nuances of this game but to me control means can you limit your walks and command means uh movement around the strike zone can you yeah. throw any pitch for a strike and and but you know trick hitters into thinking it's a ball i guess it's yeah. Yeah, my mine I've always taken it as control is the ability to throw strikes. Command is the ability to throw strikes where you want them. Mm, interesting, very interesting. So I think Vince had similar uh, a similar uh, similar definitions as well when when that was talked about a couple of weeks ago. I didn't get a chance to discuss that uh, further with those guys, but still, uh, always an interesting to see how people. Um, how everybody uh, defines control versus command. Next up on the list is Brandon Fott. Is that how you? I it? have I have no clue. <laughs> well, I would I would assume so. When in doubt, just pronounce the P. So it's Pfat. <laughs> I do that too with. Uh, oh, you, you remember former uh, basketball player Marcus Pfizer? No, I can't oh. can't say I do. Yeah, former Iowa State Cyclone, right? Uh, but um, when Viagra became like a big thing, I renamed him Marcus Pfizer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So to me, he will always be Pfizer, and I guess Brandon Pfat. Will always be so. It's a Diamondback show. Where's let's let's have Corey Decker, I'm gonna, <laughs> our resident Diamondback fan. It's uh, we've been uh, talking about a lot of Diamondback players, even on not on the list here. But Brandon Fats, another one of your guys that you listed here, 23 years old, AAA. Um, oops, I don't have my spreadsheet in tuned here. Um, here we go. Six four. Another dude. You you got all the big guys today, didn't you? For the pitchers. Yeah. Oh, I, I I I like the the taller and bigger the pitcher is, the more I like him. Yeah, but I think I got the biggest picture of them all. You'll see in a bit. But six <laughs> four two twenty for fat, for fat. I don't know. Uh, the fifth ranked uh, Diamondbacks player, eighty fifth overall on the Fangraphs list. Uh, fastball is pretty good. Slider is actually better than Waldachuk's at a fifty five compared to Waldachuk's fifty. The curveball is even better than Waldachuk, fifty versus forty five. Uh, the changeup is not as good as Waldachuk, but it's still pretty decent. The command might be his uh, downfall, but we'll see if he can uh, um, develop that even more so. He, yeah, and, and the FIP and the minors showed that, yeah, he was struggling at 488, 4.88, but was able to get a low whip as well. Uh, I the, the notes here, control artist, decent strikeout. Will the home run ball be an issue for Brandon Fatt for the time being? or for future things to come here? Do you, well, how do you see that turning out for him? I mean, obviously, once again, another one of those guys who his minor league uh, spots, both in double-A AA and triple-A, very hitter-friendly, kind of had to deal with that. Started off the year in double-A, made 19 starts. Uh, and then the encouraging thing here was in those 19 starts, he went 105 innings. Uh, you don't really see minor leaguers throw. He's now at 155 and a third innings on the season. That's a lot for the minor leagues. Um, and he's just been kind of a bulldog who's gone out there. Um, and even in double A, when he had a 450 or 4.5 ERA, uh, had a 1.6 home run per nine in a 370 Babbitt, but he didn't really let that bother him because he had a K per nine over 12.3, um, came out to a 32% strikeout rate with a minuscule 4% walk rate. So, I mean, this guy was out there throwing strikes, even though he was giving up a lot of base hits because of the, the, uh, the hitting environment. Uh, he did just not give up and uh, it got the promotion to AAA later in the season and did even better there. And that's really interesting because AAA was like the death of a lot of D-backs pitching prospects. Um, 
two guys that have recently debuted for the Diamondbacks on the mound, uh, Ryan Nelson and Trey Jamison. I was huge believers in both. Yeah, but they were getting lit up in AAA. Mm. Um, Diamondbacks obviously knew something we didn't. They gave both a call up, and both had tremendous debuts. When sevens are like Nelson was seven scoreless, uh, Jamison was six scoreless. One was against the Dodgers. Ryan Nelson had another good start, and I'm like, okay, so if these guys were getting lit up in AAA, um, Fat here is doing really good in AAA. What is he going to do at the major league level? Uh, I'm really excited for the Diamondbacks going forward and I've, I've always liked these guys it's just seeing them finally like right on the precipice i'm really excited yeah i mean there's a lot to love about it we, we talk about it uh with uh, I'm, uh austin is on the chat saying that we talked about it before about the diamondbacks and that is certainly something that we discussed especially in our in our uh, total basis podcast league uh, the fantasy league that we did this year with i mentioned Corey, who's a big diamondbacks fan and like i there's very it's 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 hard not to like what they're what they're doing how they're producing those players it seems like every call up is a big hit for them so i'm very excited that might be a team that can give hell even a team like the padres some fits next year yeah uh, and, and, and with fat i would say like the issue here will be home run balls but um major league level balls kind of dead this year every ballpark has a humidor i mean it's almost like an, and we would have never said this a few years ago that arizona at the major league level is a upgrade for him Rather yeah. than you know triple A or double A, um, there was someone that you mentioned. I, I forgot to. Oh man, I wanted to chime in and, and say that. Hey, uh, oh, who the hell that we talked about? Where I was going to tell you, hey, Eno Sarris of the Rates of Barrels podcast really loves that picture. And was it he, Nelson or Jameson? No, before oh. that. Oh. Shoot, I wish I could turn back the time here. If I could turn back time, <laughs> <laughs> man, this is really going to bother me. Mm. Oh well. Uh, next on the list is Hunter Brown of the Houston Astros. Now, this is a guy. Now, here's a guy to be Chris Collinsworth about it. Here's a guy uh, that when Austin and I were doing our spreadsheets to, for the beginning of the season was uh, someone that kept showing up um, on our lists, especially on the projections, showing that he could be a good uh, projection guy for this upcoming 2022 season. And But, you know, he's in the minors, and even if he gets called up, he'll be in a six-man rotation with the Astros. But let's... You talk about long-term solution. Hunter Brown is the ultimate long-term solution for this season. And he finally did get called up and looks like he has stayed with the Astros as a long relief pitcher. Um, so 23-year-old, 6'2", 212-pounder, right-handed pitcher. Uh, that This is the Astros' number one prospect, 86 overall. So just a spot below uh, behind Brandon Fatt of the Diamondbacks. Brown is 86. Uh, similar... Uh, you know, fastball slider might be a little bit better than fats. The curveball is where it's at, where it, this is the best curveball on this list that we're going to talk about today. 60 out of 70. Uh, the changeup, that's where uh, Brown um, fails to meet up with the other two guys we mentioned so far. The command is also going to be an issue, but still 50 future value. Uh, the FIP is lower than uh, the two guys we mentioned before while they're talking fat in the minors. Um, and what I wrote about him was that he had, he's a big strikeout arm. He's improving his walk rate. Is he unhittable? We talked about Christian Javier being unhittable. Why not Hunter Brown? And he's been very consistent with the ground ball rate. What are you going to say about Hunter Brown there? Uh, I mean, I, I don't really have much other than I trust Houston's pitching development. They're very, you know, we've said it before with the Rays, the Indians, the Astros, like those three teams when it comes to developing pitching. Like, who even needs a Forrest Whitley when you can just develop 10 Hunter Browns? Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and, I mean, you, you look at the the, the curveball and kind of what sticks out to me. 
obviously, and wh- why Fangraphs would rate it so highly, is the uh, 17% more break um, than the average curveball at that velocity. Uh, 58 inches of drop. Uh, that ball is just, I mean, that's a that's a straight up, straight down, huge fat, uh, huge uh, curveball for him. And the fastball has good ride to it as well. So it plays off. You got a lot of up and down type stuff. So, uh, yeah, uh, he's, eh, you know, 3.8 expected ERA to go with the 1.5 ERA. Uh, could probably do to maybe pitch out of the zone a little bit more, uh, but he's gotten a lot of weak contact um, in terms of just a lot of stuff on the ground, even though it might not be the weakest of contact, but you'll take balls that are hit into the ground a lot. They're not hitting his fastball very well, which is kind of encouraging to see. But uh, yeah, Hunter Brown looks like uh, a very legit pitcher, which go figure, it's from Houston. So Yeah. Well, we go to the opposite side of the spectrum with Kay Cavalli of the Nationals, uh, another one of my picks here. And when I when I did the spreadsheet, he, it was announced a day before or a, a day or two before that he would be starting for the Nationals uh, on over the weekend. And we were ready, getting ready to do the show for the prospects that same weekend. And that was a while back ago. Well, I just realized that a few days after he made a start, he was placed on the 15-day yep. IL. What the hell, man? These, these... Yeah, he, he got called up. He got absolutely rocked uh-huh. and um, went on the IL. So. Shoulder inflammation already. Welcome to the big league, kid. But when he was healthy, he was a 24-year-old, 6'4", 226-pounder. There's a lot of big guys at AAA that we like here so far. Right-handed pitcher, number two ranked on the Nationals, 20th overall on the Fangraphs 100. Um, And and apparently he had the best fastball of anybody on this list that we got going here. Uh, He coupled that with a really good slider, really good curveball. So he had the breaking pitches working for him as well. Changeup was pretty damn good as well. Command is uh, where the struggles are going to be met. But of all the the four AAA pitchers that we talked about, Cavalli had the highest future value at 55. He was having a good season in the minors as well. Uh, as And that's what I wrote about him. As the walk rate improves, the strikeout rate declines, so that's a red flag, but has shown the ability to induce high ground ball rates. Aside from, ba- from that, uh, Sean, um, do you see any promise when he gets back healthy from K. Cavalli in the majors? Uh, I would like to see him throw the slider more. Um, the curveball, maybe the curveball is what I thought I saw him throw in the minors because uh, I had watched some film on him. Uh, but yeah, it's a big guy, big arm. Uh, definitely think there's potential there. You even look at that one game that he kind of got blown up in. Um, the, the underlying expected stuff wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was just a lot of stuff up the middle. Uh, Washington's had a terrible defense all year. So kind of betrayed there and uh, he, not, not given not given a chance to bounce back. So. He posted a 12.46 strikeout per nine in just one start. So, yeah, lots of promise. That turns out to be six strikeouts and four in a third inning. So it might not look a lot. It might not look like a lot, but still, that's even with him getting um, blasted by. Oh, I forgot who he was facing. Oh, well. But even when he was getting blasted in that one start, I mean, he's still like the Reds. Said, it, it was the Reds. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, they're pretty hit or miss here. But still, I mean, 12.46, 12.5, actually, if you round up. It's not too shabby. Yeah, yeah. And he threw uh, 13 changeups, got whiffs on two-thirds of them, um, threw 33 curveballs, got whiffs on 38% of them. So, uh, yeah, definitely some swing and miss stuff. Just got to clean up the command inside the strike zone. 
Yeah, so hopefully we can, he can come back stronger than ever. Uh, let's quickly talk about Gavin Stone since uh, he's one of uh, Austin's uh, requests here. Uh, Gavin not Stone. only not only is he a request, he's on my list. He's my guy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's what I meant. He's uh, he was nice on the list here uh, on our list as well. So now we'll just get it out of the way before we go back to the hitters. So Gavin Stone, twenty three year old Dodgers. Uh, he was in Double A when I put this up here. So that that was a whole exercise is that we had we were going to pick uh, two Triple A pitchers and hitters. And also two triple A, um, I'm sorry, two double A and triple A hitters as well. So that comes out to 60 names. So we're a little bit behind the eight ball here. So let's see if we can quickly go through yep. this. Six one, 175 pound right handed hitter, uh, right handed pitcher. Sorry, number ten overall on the on the Dodgers. Uh, good fastball. I mean, just the works here. The slider is also good. Curveballs are work in progress. The changeup is immaculate. Uh, relatively speaking, of course, the command issues and also the future value of 45. I put down that he has high strikeouts, but struggle a bit with walks in double A. What else can you tell me about Gavin Stone? Yeah, Gavin Stone is one of those guys in the Dodgers system. Definitely a lot of swing and miss stuff and they're improving command with and they have multiple good pitches. He's not the only guy, but this year you look at the totality of his season started the year off in high A and is now all the way up and he's made four starts in triple A. His ERA on the season for out of um, how many 20, 23 starts, 24 games, 110 innings, 1.56 ERA. Uh, they're hitting against him. I had the average against if I could just find it. Yeah, they're batting 211 against him. Uh, 12.31 strikeouts per nine, 33% strikeout rate. The walks are still under 10%. You'd like to see him get a little bit better. But just once again, another one of those teams that kind of just develops pitching over and over and over. Uh, we have a, a person by the name of Cameron asking about Ozzy Alves. Uh, I guess he's asked, they're asking about what, how do we foresee him uh, coming back healthy in time for the playoffs? Well, he broke how- his, he broke his pinky again last night. Oh, he did. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. He just it- came back from the foot and he broke his pinky. Um well, Cameron, I'm guessing you're new because I have always been the anti Ozzy Alves person. <laughs> and it's not because I'm a Mets fan. It's because he can't hit right-handed pitching. Like, I um, I thought Vaughn Grissom's better anyway. Uh, so, I don't know. Mm, he, so wasn't, he, was, he wasn't having a good year before um, he broke his foot anyway. So, I think that losing Freddie Freeman really threw a wrench in both his numbers and Acuna's because uh, I, I thought that really... Um, Ozzy was made by Freddie batting behind him. So, wow, 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 wow. That's that's some harsh criticism there. But uh, all right, well, I'm sorry it, that he's been below league average against right-handed pitching for his entire career, and nobody wants to talk about it. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, like, okay, I don't make the rules. Like, <laughs> well, Cameron asked for it, and uh, Cameron got what they were looking for. So, uh, hope you're happy. All right, let's, let's stick with the pitchers here. But you got one more guy in Double A, Kyle Harrison of the Giants. 21 year old. Uh, and, and you know, I don't even know if, if they're still in double A at this point, if they got called up recently. But at the time, this is back in late August, they were in double A. So forgive me for that. 6'2, 200 pound lefty, number two in the Giants, 30th overall, and the Fangirls 100. Again, these guys all come with really good fastballs, and, and and Harrison also comes with a really good slider as well. No curveball, but he does have a changeup that is supposed to be uh, with high upside. 
Command is also high upside, but still a work in progress. 50 future value, having a good season. Uh, all these guys are having good seasons in the, yeah, the minors. That's why, that's why we that's, picked them. <laughs> that's why they're here. Uh, great strikeout rate. Walks are a little bit of concern. Does he remind you a little bit of Robbie Ray there, Sean? Uh, maybe not so much <coughs> Robbie Ray, but he did just win uh, the Giants organizational player of the year. Um, so once again, you know, he's having a great year. Uh, started the year off in high A. He is still in double A. That's where he'll end the season. Uh, but his, his start at high A this year in seven games, 18.31 strikeouts per nine as a starter is absurd. He then got promoted where he's made 18 starts at double A. And they've come down a little bit to a, just a, a measly 13.61 K per nine. That comes out to a 36.5% strikeout rate. Um, 11% walk rate. Obviously, we'd like to see that beneath 10 and even more so beneath like eight. Uh, but hey, when you're striking out guys like this, uh, they've batted a, a combined. I have the number right here. They've batted a combined 193 against Harrison between high A and double A. So, uh, definitely guys not getting good looks at him. Uh, once again, like you said, having a great year in a guy that the Giants with, you know, uh, Zaidi at the top now, uh, they're also kind of turning into a team where you got to look out for them when it comes to um, their ability to develop players. All right, let's quickly go back to the hitters. And I'll, I'll start with one of my guys since uh, we we talked about your guys uh, already. Plus, I uh, got James on the chat. He's uh, another one of those uh, fantasy rivals of mine. So here's one. <laughs> Anthony Volpe, uh, Yankees, 21-year-old, double-A at the moment. Uh, well, at the time of the spreadsheet was uh, created. I don't know where he's at at this point. He he might still he be re- re- recently got promoted to triple-A. Oh, there you go then. So, yeah, it's already outdated. Yeah, just by two weeks. But anyway, at the time of late August, he was still in double-A. Shortstop, 5'11", 180-pounder, right-handed hitter, number one prospect in uh, the Yankees, 25th overall in the Fangraphs 100, uh, ETA of 2024. Might be a lot sooner than that if he's already in AAA. Uh, hit tool is loaded with upside, but a work in progress. Same thing with the uh, game power. Raw power is already there, but uh, not not too high, especially from a guy from 5'11", 180. Frame, I guess it's just about right, 55 out of 55. Speed is there as well, 50 out of 50, but not as fast as some of the other guys we talked about. 40 out of 45 fielding, 55 future value, which is pretty darn high for a guy in AA. And here's what I put down. Huge upside, consistent power and stolen base prowess. Wonderful plate discipline. But uh, outside from that, uh, are there any negatives for Anthony Volpe that you see there, Sean? Um, I would take the stolen bases uh, with a great assault. Like I mentioned earlier, lots of these rules in the minor leagues is minor leagues have encouraged stolen bases to the point where it's not really an accurate determination because a lot of these guys know that the pitcher can't throw over or the base is bigger and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, But obviously for his age at the level Volpe having had a great year. Uh, The one thing that does kind of worry me is that jump from double a to triple a that he just recently made. And obviously it's only 12, 12 games, 60 plate appearances, but we see the strikeout rate jump from 17, 18% to 28%. And that's like an extreme jump for one level. Um, I had not realized he stole 44 bases this year in double A. That's uh, pretty impressive. But once again, grain of salt. Uh, I, I think he's a guy that definitely, even if he's not a, like a 280, 290, 300 hitter, I, I think he has the athleticism to make it work in the AL East and especially Yankee Stadium. Um, so, yeah, uh, 
I'm not the highest on him. Once again, the toolsy right-handed hitters that are infielders, like I'm, I I wait on him. Like that's not the guy. Like I'll take the lefty college, college (laughs) bat. Like that's me. That's just like Uh I miss out. I miss out on the stars, but like I never, I I very rarely back a bust. Uh, So that's (laughs) I just don't. I just don't get the best guys unless your name's Carlos Cortez. (laughs) But uh, yeah, uh, Volpe really good. I think the big thing for him will be how the walk rate adjusts at the major league level. Because yeah, he's never posted anything under 10%, but things change when you get to the major leagues. Yeah. And you, get like pitched, you get you get pitched far different. His entire time in the minor leagues, he's probably been the best guy in his lineup. Oh, for uh, sure. Man. So he he gets pitched around a little bit. Uh when you get to the major leagues, like you're a rookie. Like deal with it. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the same uh, concept with uh, Jordan Walker that we talked about with the Diamondbacks. I mean, he's you mean Lawler, Lawler, Lawler. Sorry, Jordan Lawler, Jordan Walker. You, you mentioned Jordan Walker in the comments, and I started freaking out, and I was like, "Did we talk about Jordan Walker?" Uh, oh shit! Nobody it's corrected. Okay. Nobody no. corrected me until now. Thirty I, minutes later, I started freaking out. I was like, "Oh my god, I don't remember talking about Jordan Walker." Did I have a stroke? Yeah, I'm just trying to keep track. Of that. that was Jordan Lawler. Jordan Walker is the next guy we're going to talk about. But uh, just to finish up on Volpe, same thing with Jordan Lawler. Uh, let's. I know that the criticism is is fair, right? I mean, Volpe right now in AAA, it's only twelve games, but yeah, twenty eight, almost twenty nine percent strikeout rate. Which, if you're a Yankees fan, you 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 might be uh, having a heart attack seeing those high strikeout rates. We just traded a guy uh, to Los Angeles and Joey Gallo just to get away from that high strikeout rate. Now we're gonna put our our um, put our eggs in this uh, Volpe basket. But I like him. I, I'm up the opposite of Sean. I, if you could show that you can come close to meeting some of your hit tools, some, I'm sorry, some of your uh, physical tools and, and produce uh, uh, you, you got my attention and Volpe definitely has my attention, but again, with Jordan Lawler, uh, 19, 20 year old in double a same thing with uh, Volpe triple a 21 year old, probably one of the youngest players in that league right now. So let's give him uh, uh, some time. Go ahead. A, a little bit under the hood thing here. Um, he's a very much a fly ball header. Yes, uh, he is, yeah. Like this year, 57% and 53%. Um, low ground ball, kind of so-so line drive. That could really be an interesting... Uh, he's pulled the ball a little bit more this year in double A. Um, so he could be more of like a... I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it affects his batting average. Because when I see fly ball percentages like north of 50, which you really don't see that much, um, normally it comes with a pretty low batting average. Um, but if he, with him and his environment, his, you know, the ALE, Yankee Stadium, uh, Fenway, uh, he could post some pretty impressive home run numbers. Um, hey, listen, man. If an increased fly ball rate worked for Nolan Arenado, it's going to work for Anthony Volpe, okay? Okay, gonna, so he's playing work. in Yankee Stadium, not Coors Field. <laughs> well, even in St. Louis, I mean, he, Nolan Arenado has turned, even when uh, the last year in Colorado, he was already changing his approach to become a more of a fly ball hitter and, and reduce the line drive. And this year he has kind of balanced that out. But yeah, Nolan Arenado has been uh, flirting with getting close to 50% fly ball rates since 2020 when he was with the Rockies and had and brought that approach to the to the Cardinals and what's supposed to be a more pitcher friendly ballpark I'm just saying if it can work for Nolan Arenado who everybody fawns over I'm sure Volpe can do the same why not it's you just mentioned it Yankee Stadium and in some of those uh uh, Homer domes and um 
Well, I don't know about Baltimore, but apparently Baltimore. Oh is yeah, ba- yeah, Baltimore. He's gonna hit like oh ninety eight. Like he's yeah. the, Glaber Torres is not the the king of uh, Baltimore anymore. Oh jeez. Yeah. Well, especially with the Baltimore. What, but people are telling me Baltimore's vaunted pitching staff, right? The Jordan Lyles and <laughs> the Cy Young candidates that they are. The Kyle Bradishes. Well, Kyle Bradish. Hey, hey, Bradish. had a, a nice little stretch there. He's gotten rocked the last few games, but yeah, uh, that sounds about right with Kyle Bradish. But yeah, listen, alumni of the spreadsheet. All right, we mentioned <laughs> spreadsheet <it> alum. <laughs> uh, spreadsheet alum. He he's on a tracker here. You'll see in a little bit. But Jordan Walker. He's the other. Speaking of the Cardinals, Jordan Walker. He's probably the guy who will have to wait a, a bit. For Nolan uh, for Nolan Arenado to disappear or get traded, or maybe Walker can play outfield DH. I don't know. But right now he's listed as the third baseman. 6'5, 220 pounder. That's the biggest uh person on the list by far. We do have a 6'5. Uh we got a 6'5 guy on the list, but he doesn't weigh as much according to fan graphs. So Jordan Walker, right-handed power hitter. Number one on the Cardinals, number six overall on the Fangrass 100, ETA 2024, depending on uh, how he progresses and where Nolan Arenado is and if the Cardinals actually make space for him. Because as you know, Sean, they love just picking whatever minor leaguer and just putting them out there and see how long they can be productive until they switch him with somebody else, right? Yeah. So, And they still got Nolan Gorman too. So what are you going to do about him? Jordan Walker has a decent hit tool for a guy with, oh, I don't know, 80 upside power. I mean, the, the 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 prospect grades only go as high as 80 and this guy is supposed to have that kind of upside speed is not there fielding uh is 50 out of 55 so it's okay it's i mean he's got 22 stolen bases this year oh there you go oh well, yeah the speed was at 50 now it's dropped to 40 50 out of 40 i don't know i guess there's something they uh, expect him to lose speed as he gets bigger that's what I meant. Like, so it's a Helio Ramos effect. That's what happened. Yeah. Excuse me. That's what happened with him. 60 future value, though. So, yeah, definitely uh, they think he might be a superstar. Great plate approach. Mammoth power is what I wrote about Jordan Walker. What else nice things you have to say about Jordan Walker there, Sean? You see, I don't know that much. I know what <laughs> others have said about him. and But you look at the numbers, and for a guy with 80 raw power, you see that 18 home runs and 531 plate appearances, and you're kind of like, okay, where's the where's the power? Um, but this is a guy that the Cardinals would not, I mean, that's not bad. It's just not something you'd expect for somebody with 80 grade potential power. Uh, but this is a guy that they refused to move in the deal for Juan Soto. The nationals were hell bent on getting both Jordan Walker and Dylan Carlson. Um, okay. And they refused. I think they were willing to do one, but not both. And uh, Cardinals stuck to their guns. But like you said, I think the number one thing when it comes to Jordan Walker is where do they play him? Uh, where can you get his bat in the lineup? Because they got a lot of DH options. They they got Arenado's a third. Like where you can't, you're not moving him. You're not moving him, though. Uh, it, it's so, going to be outfield, left yeah. field. They got, they got a lot of outfielders. Tyler O'Neill. I'm just saying, like, you know, O'Neill, Carlson, they traded Listen, Bader. I just I just mentioned that the Car- they just swap in, in and out, in and out, like the outfield from a year. That's why I told Cardinal fans, and I got, crucif- I got crucified for it. Don't get too attached to Tyler O'Neill because the Cardinals have about three or four guys waiting to just replace him as soon as he starts struggling. And sure enough, May I introduce you to Lars Newtbar, <laughs> Dylan Carlson, and they got rid of Harrison Bader too. That's the Cardinals' way. They just yeah. in and out, in and out. Come on, you can't do it. All right, we got another guy waiting. 
And Jordan Walker might be one of those guys. Uh, us Mets fans, we know Lars Newtbar very, very well. <laughs> Even before he had the cool name, we saw this guy. He, he, I want to say he hit several home runs against us in like multiple spring trainings. But then last year when the Mets were kind of trying to make that last two-month push, uh, well, we were kind of falling apart. We had built some momentum in like August or early September. And Pete was about to hit a go-ahead, like grand slam or three-run home run. And Lars Newtbar climbed the right field fence and caught it for the third out of the inning. And then the Mets like lost eight of the next like 15 games or 10 games uh, to kind of end the year. And it was just kind of like the Mets potential hopes last year. They were already fading, but it was like there was a chance that they could just like stop the, the, the streak and just go on a run. And Lars Newport just caught that ball. It was like the seventh, eighth inning. And uh, yeah, that, that's where I consider the 2021 season to end. So thank you, Lars Newport. <laughs> Next on the docket is your guy, Logan O'Hop. We uh, kind of touched base on him when he got traded from the Phillies to the Angels. Uh, this is a good hell of a story. Uh, a very late draft pick for the Phillies and became quickly their number one uh, prospect. Right now, as of the uh, as of late August, uh, 22-year-old catcher, double A, right-handed, 6'2", 185 pounder, uh, number one, uh, number one on the team ranking. I, I, he was number one for both the Phillies, probably number one with the Angels as well. 50th overall in the Fangraphs 100. Uh, hit is not. Uh, well, I guess it could be high 40 out of 55. So it's a work in progress. The power. I don't know. It's not impressing me. The speed definitely not there. So we're, I guess his bread and butter will have to be the hitting. He does have a uh, the fielding. Sorry. He, the bread and butter will have to be the fielding future value of 50. Uh, here's what I wrote about him can steal lots of bases for a catcher, even though the speed is at 30, 30, but I guess he's uh, shown the ability to see a lot of bases. I'm wondering if that's a lot of the things that you mentioned about the rules and the minors to uh, that they want to implement in the majors where they know, how many times a pitcher can throw over to first base? Consistent power, excellent plate discipline. Logan O'Hop, why is he on your on your uh, tracker here? Well, I, I just don't think it's very often. You said it's going to have to be the defense. I think the offense is plenty good to contribute, especially at a very weak position like catcher has turned into now uh, this year. Between at Double A level, both with Philly and Los Angeles. Uh, 15.5% walk rate, 16.7% strikeout rate. That gives him a 417 on base, a 550 slug, 160 WRC+. plus. I mean, these are better numbers than Ellie De La Cruz, who, hint, hint, is coming up soon. And uh, it's just a, the profile that I, I like so much more. Uh, nearly one-to-one walk to strikeout. I was very shocked that Philly did this trade for uh, Ohop. I think that was the main reason I really wanted to include it was so we could talk about that trade uh, with him and Brandon Marsh. I thought it was a drastic overpay. And for LA, I think it was a weird move because they also this year are having a breakout season from another catching prospect who is going to end the year at a ball, who also has a very similar profile, also a 150 WRC plus a close to a one-to-one walk to strike out. And that's Edgar Caro. And he has 17 home runs and 12 stolen bases and uh, 110 games. So now LA has two very, very good catchers uh, in the minor league system. Oh, hop definitely going to get there first. Yeah. But, um, We'll see what happens. I, I thought it was just a very weird trade because I thought Marsh basically had no value left. Uh, I thought he had pretty much 
bottomed out as a, a value wise and the Phillies traded a top 100, their only top 100 prospect uh, to get Brandon Marsh. I thought that was a very interesting move on their part. Yeah, it's just a catcher. Who cares? <laughs> they're so, they're so unpredictable, Sean. So it, it felt like it was uh, not much of a, of a sacrifice. And uh, I'm looking at Brandon Marsh's numbers since August. They're, they're not pretty either. No, but, uh, I mean, he, he's not a good hitter. I mean, but he, they're definitely better than they were between May and July with the angels. So, but yeah, still, yeah, he just strikes out way too much. I, I guess fielding is. Yeah. I mean, defense, thing. like he could win a gold glove, but he's oh. also not healthy hey, a lot either. Listen, so. isn't that what the number one complaint about the Phillies coming into this year was that they have no, no defense. Solution right here, Brandon Marsh. Congratulations. And I, I guess that they had very little, or I don't want to say no use, but very little use for OHOP when JT Romuto is still in the organization for the next three, four years. So, yeah, uh, Austin pretty upset as an Angels fan. I can go on and on about how stupid of a trade I thought the Angels made when they got rid of Marsh. Not that the trade itself, but that they had other people they could have traded and they went with somebody with us low of a value as Brandon Marsh. Well, what's the complaint here? You got low. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. You got to hop. You guys won what that. Trade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You won the trade there, but uh, still it's, I, I don't know. understand what the complaint is here. You want to trade people at low value and get back high value. <laughs> it's yeah, like, well, can I, can the Mets trade Dominic Smith and get a top 100 prospect back, please? Awesome. You look like you're just complaining to complain. No, you got, you got to, I mean, I know it, I, I don't believe in catches, but this is a pretty good one and, and a hard worker. I mean, we talked about it on this podcast before how uh, you have to put in so much work to go from like the 23rd round pick to a top 50 uh, prospect. All right, let's see. Oh, they could have gotten more with other people on the roster. Like, well, if that were the case, they would have made those trades. See, uh, lots of fans talk about that. Oh, well, then we should have made this other trade because we would have gotten a lot. If those trades would have been on the table, they would have been done already. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know, Sean, what's your take on these rumors where it gets fans some high hopes? Well, it, they want this guy, that guy, that guy. So that means we're going to get six prospects back. And then the disappointment when they only get one prospect for... I don't know, like Scott Efros, for example. I don't know, but <laughs> like, like, I, like, I don't know who. If you're the Angels, who else do you trade? Like Joe Adele? Uh, or, wants Joe Adele? Are, are, are you going to get a better prospect than O'Hop for Adele? I I don't mm. know. I don't know that. You might get a Mac for Adele. Oh my God! Moving on to Ellie De La Cruz from the Reds. Uh, that's one of Sean's oh players. Oh my God! I I I don't know what to say. I don't double, know you. <laughs> double A uh, middle infielder, 6'5", two, 200-pounder. See, we, we I was mentioned Jordan Walker is the biggest guy here. De La Cruz is also big, uh, tall, but not doesn't weigh as much as Jordan Walker, so that's why I said what I said. Switch hitter, number three, uh, Reds prospect, 46 overall on the Fangraphs 100. Uh, hit tools are uh, really low, lowly graded. That's not like you, Sean. But Yeah, I, well, once again, I, I, I picked him for a reason because I want to talk about somebody realistically without all the hype that is often accompanied by a toolsy prospect like this well uh, the power is where it's at and he has a 70 grade speed i'm excited just looking at it fielding might be a problem i think we talked about on the show that he might get moved uh to third base but you know uh, he he could play anywhere he could play anywhere yeah, Alfield's also on the table. Second base, you can play second base too. Uh, I, I don't know uh, many six I, five. I, se- I don't that's know many I six five second base. <laughs> that's what I thought. Fifty future value, uh, big power, high strikeouts. Uh, that's yeah, that's minor league one hundred one scouting. There, you know, if a guy with a big power bat with a low hit tool, yeah, you're gonna get a lot of strikeouts. But uh, I don't know, Sean. You kind of threw me a curveball here, just like uh, 
people are throwing crowbars at Ellie De La Cruz and he's swinging right <laughs> through it. Why did you pick him? This is not like you. This is not very be, characteristic of you. Be, because once again, just like I picked Mark Fientos, I, I picked him because I want to have a conversation about these guys, not because I necessarily like them. Mm, okay. Ellie De La Cruz is one of those guys that like the prototypical scout or, or not the prototypical, the, uh, I guess pretty typical old fashioned scout would just drool over. He has nearly 50. Stolen, yeah. He has near, <laughs> had nearly 50 stolen bases. He has 31 doubles. He'll probably end the year with 30 home runs. Um, and he's batting 304. What's there not to like? He's big. He's strong. He's fast. I'm sorry, guys. I hate to tell you this. Ellie De La Cruz is just Ronnie Mauricio before oh. he busted. <laughs> I mean, like, tell me there's not a difference in the hit tool here. Ellie Daniel Cruz walks a little bit more than Mauricio. He strikes out a little bit more than Mauricio. Uh-huh. But what are we expecting here? Like, this is, if I have Ellie Daniel Cruz anywhere, I am selling. I am okay. selling Ellie Daniel Cruz. I mean, sure, he's fun to watch. I mean, I, I've seen some of his home runs uh, when he got promoted to double A with Chattanooga Lookouts. Look and- out. There's a giant wall out there, and he hit one that cleared it by, I swear to God, 100 feet. But I just don't buy the hit tool. How can you, like, how many guys strike out 31% of the time and hit 304 consistently? Uh, it, well, O'Neill, O'Neill Cruz apparently is going to be that guy. Oh, yeah. There's another guy, huh? Okay. that That is your comparison here. They're yeah. really fun to watch. They can yeah. do some crazy things. But holy hell, just because you're uber talented doesn't mean you can be good at baseball. Ellie De La Cruz and O'Neill Cruz. Oh, they're all both bo- bo- both crosses. Cruz cross. Cruz cross. Uh, they those two prospects. If they were playing any other sport, the baseball world would be shook right now with excitement. Unfortunately, this is baseball where you'd have to match up the skill to the athlete. We talk about it all the time the skill with the athleticism. You get Mike yeah. Trout, right? Uh, but yeah, any other sport. If this were basketball, oh, it, it, they would be the most hyped up draft picks of all time because of the of, of just how athletic and toolsy they are but you know but because they're in the wrong sport we just yeah. kind of downgrade them like this ah well they're just i mean even uh, the fangirls i'm reading it prospect too long to too long did not read a uh, summary of of, yeah. the, of de la cruz de la cruz is a boomer bust prospect who could really bust or go supernova <laughs> well you, you see like i guess de la cruz has a built-in handicap and that he's gonna play in cincinnati and you get 81 of your games at the great American small park. Yeah, man. Um, and th- maybe he can have a scooter Jeanette year or uh, a Zach Cozart year where he, you know, he hits 40 home runs, but it's like, he has a higher swinging strike rate than Mark Vientos. He has a six to oh, 15.8. We'll just round it to 16. Like that is just so unsustainable. If you have a 16% swing strike rate between A ball, high A, and double A, what are you going to do when you start facing major league pitching? You're O'Neill, like you might, you're lucky to be O'Neill Cruz. Uh-huh. And oh, I think it, it that's just, what the hope is. That's what the hope is. And, and I like I said, guys like Ellie De La Cruz and O'Neill Cruz, they do some just extraordinary things and they make the game look so easy when they get it right. Right. I would prefer somebody that gets it right a whole lot more and looks less impressive <laughs> rather than the guy who gets it right one time, but just makes like that one out of a hundred times he's Babe Ruth, 
Uh, I would rather take the guy who like 75 out of 100 times is uh, Bobby Abreu. And again, I, guess I, I, the, I almost said Placido Polanco, but that was like, yeah, God, I'll, don't, take, don't I'll, I'll, I'll take Bobby Abreu. Yeah, right. Placido, well, Phillies, Phillies everywhere. Chase Hutley. There's another guy. Uh, Ryan Howard. Why not? Uh, listen, man. Again, if this were football, football would be a better example because you see that in football all the time where where the, where guys are just, yeah, this guy was productive all four years in college. But this other guy posted a 4.340 speed and can do the agility drills really well and and can uh, do the cones and and, and show <laughs> very good. <laughs> he can do the cones. <laughs> I need I need I'm gonna tag Matt Bushnell to help me. Matt Bushnell, please help. Uh, name some football drills. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's like, can you imagine like Ellie De La Cruz is a wide receiver? Six foot five. Yeah, that's what obviously I mean. got great speed. Like that, that'd be that'd be beautiful. Yeah, so yeah, if if Ellie De La Cruz is a defensive uh, end or a defensive tackle, you know that football scouts would be drooling right now. Oh man, this guy, he doesn't know the difference between the A gap and the B gap, but goddamn, can he get 17 sacks one of these years because he's so damn fast and we just need to coach him up, coach him up, coach him up. And that's really the same thing that's happening here. But again, it's such a skill-based game that it's yeah. it's just damn impossible. And I think that if baseball as a whole really suffers from that because eventually, yeah, for for a lot of these guys who fail in football, with their la- with their strong athleticism but lack of know-how when they do get it right holy crap it's a sight to see i mean not that dk metcalf was not a guy like that but when dk metcalf is running on all cylinders and everything's going right he is a, a he is a man playing amongst boys and that's what you can see with o'neill cruz i mean we, you see it on our baseball group how yeah. people just drool over every stack cast record that this guy breaks and then and you I look at his numbers. Numbers, right. And it's, it's the worst. It's the absolute worst. So anyway, but hey, that's the but those are the eye tests, right? The stack cast numbers are basically num numerical eye test. Yeah. O'Neill Cruz can I'm, throw really hard. He can hit really hard. He can run really fast. And then, and then when you say, oh, but he's five percent worse than the league average, they're like, No, you don't know what you're talking about. He has 16 home runs. Yeah. Okay. I don't care. Right. Well, remember, uh, <laughs> I don't well, care. <laughs> well, we had a Pirates fan complaining, why is O'Neill Cruz batting leadoff? Why is he batting leadoff? Because you can give him a break. <laughs> Sometimes the leadoff hitters get the easiest pitches to Pitch, hit. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Anyway, uh, where are we? Ah, yeah. You're all right. We've got two more names to go, and then we can call it a, a night, a day, an evening. We can watch our football games. Yuri Perez, Marlins. That's my guy. 19-year-old, double A. 6'8", yeah. 220-pounder, right-handed pitcher, Number one uh, on the Marlins, four, number four on the Fangress 100, Sean. Imagine that. Yep. 55 out of 70 um, a fastball. Slider is a, a thing to watch apparently as well. The curveball might not be as good as a slider. Still a work in progress. Changeup is also a work in progress, but could be a really devastating pitch. if yep. all. And then the most impressive thing from a guy who's 6'8". The command. 50 <laughs> out of 70. You got a 60 future value, which, by the way, is the highest – future value of the of the pitchers here uh what i what did i write about him big man with a big arm already has great control working on increasing his ground ball rate yuri perez i think you mentioned him before uh what do you think about him i i mean uh, i think he's the 
best pitching prospect in baseball, not named Daniel Espino. I, I have whoa, like whoa, whoa, whoa. no, no. I, 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 I think no. Grayson, Grayson Rodriguez. I have behind both of those guys. Okay, right. I, 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 sure I, I, I have him at. I have him at three. I, but right. with Yuri Perez, just the combination of stuff, size, and command, you don't see it. I mean, like Syndergaard when he came up with six six and heavy ground ball didn't really walk many guys. Like that's the closest thing I can think of, but to be six, eight and have a repeatable delivery. And he's never posted a, a walk percentage North of 10%. The, the highest it was, was nine and a half percent in his debut season in a ball. Um, and it's gotten lower as he's uh, advanced up the levels. Um, He's a really impressive guy. I worry about a little bit of health. He's, he ran into some health issues this year, uh, missed basically all of August um, and into September. He's only made two starts uh, in the last uh, since uh, August 5th, uh, and they've been two innings each. Granted, in those two starts, uh, four strikeouts, albeit in his most recent one on Friday, uh, he went two innings, faced 10 batters, four strikeouts, four walks. No hits, though. Um, he's an uber-talented pitcher. Uh, Miami just kind of keeps pushing these guys out there. Um, as long as Yuri Perez can stay healthy, which it's a lot of body to keep healthy, he could be a legitimate force. Um, and a, a division with great pitching just gets better pitching. Yeah, I I saw it. I saw the, the 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 pitching tools and and the production and yeah, he passes my eye test. I'm really excited. I, I mean, see. it's so hard for somebody that size, yeah, to have a repeatable delivery, keep it in sync while also just throwing like 98, 99 consistently. Yeah, and uh, that's what's getting me excited about him too. So I, I want to see if I can pick him up in some of these leagues. But I, unfortunately for him, I have Grayson Rodriguez as my number one pitcher, uh, just because I, I just I can't help it. I, I, I'm fawning over the guy too much, so I don't have room in um, one league. And I who knows if I if there's room in the baseball life league. But there's somebody I want to keep an eye on at the very least for real baseball purposes, real baseball life purposes. Speaking of baseball life, come join us Facebook Baseball Life Facebook group. Bobby Miller Dodgers. That's the last pick of the here of the of the litter here. Twenty three year old double A, six five two twenty. It's a lot of big names. So this is a lot different than the other one. So what we did last time was that we went just by uh, uh, production, I guess, uh, without taking into account other factors. At least that's how I did it. Yeah. And, and I ended up with a lot of little little starting pitchers, five ten six foot guys <laughs> that were having productive seasons, right? And, and somehow on this go around, we got just the behemoths here. So Bobby Miller is a part of that 6'5", 220 right-handed pitcher, second best prospect in the Dodgers system, 44th ranked overall in the Fangraphs 100. Uh, again, fastball slider combination is a thing to look at. No curveball to speak of, though. Change-ups are work in progress. The command is pretty low, and it's still a work in progress. 50 future value, however, is what I wrote about him. Has always posted around 30% strikeout rate at every stop in the minors. Good control. Ground ball rate hovers at about 50%. There's a lot to life here. So what's the catch with Bobby Miller there, Sean? I don't think there is a catch. I think he's that good. Okay. Um, and I, I think he really kind of blew on to the scene uh, in that exhibition game at the beginning of the year. The Dodgers played the Angels like right before the season started. And Bobby Miller got to face Shohei Otani, uh, who was leading off in that exhibition game. And he pumped 300-mile-an-hour fastballs just like, one, two, three, sit down. And 
everyone I, I I've kind of expected him to make his debut at this point. I don't think he's on their 40 man. And I think that's the main reason why we've seen more of the uh, Ryan Pepios and the other guys, uh, but Bobby Miller, I kind of wish they would have added to their 40 man. Like, cause even if you go into the playoffs, like if you could just hide him in your bullpen yeah. and then like bring him out, like just, and nobody's faced him before going into the, the playoffs, that would have been huge. Um, but definitely an integral piece of their rotation going forward. Uh, just insanely good. Once again, another Dodgers pitcher. And if you look at the Dodgers system right now, Bobby Miller's the name that most people know. Gavin Stone is one that you probably don't, uh, who we mentioned earlier. Yeah. But there's several other guys. Emmett Sheehan, uh, I want to say Connor Phillips, but I think that's the Reds guy. I'm not sure. But the, their, their system is loaded with talent. Um, so if you're in like deep fantasy leagues, like you probably it's too late to get Bobby Miller but there are guys you can get. Yeah. You could always uh, go with Ryan Pepio before he gets traded to the Blue Jays again. <laughs> like uh, Ross Stripling did. Yeah. Um, Ross Stripling. What did I say? Russ? No, Ross Stripling. You, you said Ross. Oh, I did. Okay. I don't know. Um, my self-consciousness brewing again. Yeah. You mentioned Rock Gavin Stone, Robbie Erlin, you know, former Padres farmhand. He's still with the Dodgers. And oh, God. Pitcher. He's, so. he's got to be at least like 30-something now. 30, 30, he's knocking on 32 years old at the moment. He's I just remember where he had old. the one year as a pitcher with San Diego, and he, I want to say, came like really close to setting the record for best strikeout to walk season. Oof. Like, wow. But it wasn't because his strikeouts were great. It was just he never walked guys. Yeah, very good control. I mean, the Padres had some guys that could – just had really impeccable control at that some point. Uh, uh, some notable names in the AAA bullpen, however, Hansel Robles for the Dodgers, Carson Fulmer, former White Sox farmhand, Keone Kella, remember him for the Pirates? Yep. I mean, it's a who's who right here, man, of uh, Jesus. It, 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 it's not fair. It's not fair. Who do they have in AA? Uh, I don't recognize any of these guys, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, oh! They, we we talked uh, we talked about him before. Um, but 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 where the hell did he go? Nick I just Frasso. Nick Frasso. No, no, no. Oh. Cole Cole Percival. Uh, I believe that we 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 investigated and we had uh, found out that that is Troy Percival's kid. He's not very good. No, he's not. But he's he's he's, in, <laughs> he's no dad. He's no dad for sure. Uh, who else? Oh, okay. So, never mind. I thought there were some bigger, big names that people should know. But yeah, let's just focus on AAA. And yeah, they're loaded, man. They're loaded. And we haven't even gotten to the uh, AAA hitters yet. Michael Bush, we're still waiting on. Yeah. If Michael Bush were on any other team outside the Dodgers, he would have been called up already and would have been making headwind already. But unfortunately, he's with the Dodgers. Jacob Amaya, I remember him. Yep. Uh, Kyber Ruiz got traded so they can make room J- for Jacob Amaya. James, James Outman, who had two cycles in a week and also had, you know, was like the three true outcome guy that week that he did get called up. Uh, I, he had a, the home run in his first game in Colorado, but like he was like the literally the three, three true outcomes. He had 16 plate appearances, struck out, and uh, where can I find it? And seven of them walked, and two of them and then had six hits. So nine plus 16, that's 17. Yeah. Uh, he had 16 played. Appear- okay. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. He was three true outcomes all the way. It's not over, fair. Over 16 played appearances. And then he had two cycles in one week in AAA. Hell, even their, their uh, bullpen injury list is like a who's who of yep. amazing pitchers. It's just ridiculous. It's, it's not fair, Sean. We need to, the Dodgers are <laughs> ruining baseball. 
no, no, you got it wrong. It's it's the Yankees are ruining baseball. Right, right. Uh, Miguel Vargas, I didn't even realize he got called up already. He's already up and running with the Dodgers. Yeah, anyway. he's. they called him up for a little bit, sent him back down, called him back up. You know. Yeah, it's going to be Dodger one of those things. things. Again, things. if Miguel Vargas was on any other baseball team, we would be fawning over him right now, how good yep. he is. But unfortunately, wrong team, wrong time. But, hey, he might get a championship ring out of it. So, yep. uh, really, uh, and I think that's a good place to stop. I wanted to really get back into the history of how this uh, spreadsheet got started and the names. But, yeah, we mentioned a couple of guys. Helio Ramos, uh, he's kind of uh, fallen from grace and fantasy. Uh, I'm sorry, in, in prospects list, I guess. It yeah, feels like. I mean, he, he just aged out. I, he did debut this year. He got called up for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, from, from that original list from the 2021 offseason uh, hitters list, it looks like Jonathan India ended up being the best of the bunch there so far. And we'll get to those guys eventually in another uh, podcast. Braylon Marquez on the pitching side, you mentioned that was my guy. I was very excited. And you just mentioned all the bad things that have happened to Braylon Marquez so far. And of those names, it's a t- I think it's a tie between John Duran and George Kirby as the two pitchers, the pitching prospects from that time that ended up doing something in the majors. Well, I'm looking at the uh, 2021 in-season pitchers, and I just noticed that I picked Dre Jamison, who just you made picked, his date, who just made his a, debut. You picked a lot of Double A guys, and then the, even the I we got we ended up uh, uh, crossing wires on Logan Allen because there was two of them for the Guardians. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's why it's highlighted in purple, as you'll see. But yeah, you got there's a guy, a bunch of guys that we're still waiting on. Um, uh, for this season, but we already saw Graham Ashcraft in little by little improving. We talked about Kalen Killian for a little bit and how he's struggling. Uh, not because yeah, he shows up uh, on the triple A leaders or whatever, what double A, triple A. I forgot where yeah. he's at right now, it, but it wasn't good enough for me to really want to talk about him because he it's just ebb and flow up and down with him. But the big, the, the big surprise is that that always, I always get a kick out of the 2021 end season pitchers, guys like Aaron Ashby, Raver son, Martin, not, not the biggest of names, but guys who just get called up and they just do the, just, they, they just, uh, they just show up. They, they yeah. get called up and they show up. Kyle British is a, a perfect example of that. I remember we would laugh at the fact that he was a, a leader among, among the minor league uh, qualifying pitchers and FIP. Well, Kyle British is now, a mainstay in the Orioles and is going to lead them to the world series, apparently, according to some people, but it's funny that we mentioned Sam Martin, because if you go back and you look at his numbers this year, like he's not very good, but then you look at in 11 innings as a starter, which was like all at the beginning of the year, he gave up 25 earned runs in 11 innings. And then in the 40 innings since as a reliever, he's given up 12 earned runs and has uh where was the ERA? I was just looking at the ERA, a 2.72 ERA as a reliever. Like, yeah, but if you look at his end of season numbers, it's like, oh, we're idiots because we picked this guy. But hey, like he, if we pick a guy in the minors and he turns into like like he has a six and a half ERA on the year, but two point seven for half the over half the season when he's been a reliever uh, like, hey, if a guy turns into a good relief pitcher, that's a lot of these teams are taking that like, yeah, hey, oh, whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll, if this guy can just stick at the major league level. Cool. But as far as the triple A guys. Uh, that because you I picked the triple A guys, you've got the double A guys. Uh, it looks like Joe Ryan ended up being the best name on the list, although Kyle British is pretty close by just by default because Joe Ryan was hurt for a majority of the season this year. But when Joe Ryan is on, man, Joe Ryan is yeah. wonderful to watch. So you heard him here first, anyway. I can say that's a good place to stop. Any last words there, Sean? Uh, till next year with the prospects or till uh, the offseason. 
Tell I don't know, Austin. man. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm inspired. Maybe we will bring up some A ball, guys. I'm, I'm I don't inspired. know. We'll see. Inspired. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, da, 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 da. All right, man. I am Felipe. That is Sean over there. We will see you next time. Adios, guys. Thanks for joining.